0: Wallace to his left, and he's on his way. Ten, nine, five, three, cut down. Wonderful try.
1: We have a mole, Jim.
0: Digs like a demented mole there. He just busts through the defence. Just watch this. Splendid, beautifully. In go the Irish for us. This is Lennon. bursting in. Back to Bradley Back to Cannon The drop of goal Is over Michael Cannon has done
2: it
1: Good evening And welcome to the Molecast.
0: Good evening Good evening
1: There's only one place to start That's the Irish squad selection And within that There's only one place to start That is the omission Of Joey Carberry Yeah I was shocked When I saw it this morning I thought that
2: Farrow would select Four out halves Which would have been a challenge in itself to Carberry um because it would have shown that ross burn is back in the mix but to omit carberry entirely yeah i i felt uh was was sort of startling he's been selected in so many squads and um you know it, just to be I, I don't think he's done an awful lot with all of those selections uh but to see him omitted entirely was still I just didn't expect to see it.
0: I was really impressed with Farrell being able to do it, like having the individuality to do it and I think that the perception of Carberry by the general media and the the day the commenters, whoever you want to sort of put out there has always been overblown for my mind. I've been very frustrated by the lack of threat that he's in, and structure that he's offered for Ireland and uh, the lack of credit. Not, not even that. I've been very uh, enraged is too much, but irritated. Irritated. Correct word. Um, Bad how he's never called out. And after all that, I sort of assumed, well, the coaching uh, and selection panel must, or you know, whoever, I don't know if it's Farrell just, or if it's, you know, himself and Pauline, and uh, what, what weight they have, um, how much they agreed. And then seeing that sudden, uh, the call being made and the emperor having no clothes being called out and you go, wow, this is great. And... the the fact that like Crowley's been picked ahead of him Ross Byrne has been picked and you go but like that completely stands up like Ross Byrne has been the best domestic out half this season Mm -hmm. he absolutely nailed a huge kick um, to win the last match against Australia Uh, and he's yet again he's bounced back and come back better from the disappointment of not being picked to tour during the summertime been left behind for his little brother and then been overtaken by a guy who's been playing first center outside him. And mm-hmm. you sort of go, if there's one thing we've learned about Ross Byrne is his bounce back ability is absolutely outstanding. So I guess that was that was the main thing. Um, i kind of interested in some of the other stuff, like uh, David Kilcoyne is back ahead of Jeremy Lockman. Lockman's injured though. So uh, I think that's a straight swap. Straight swap in and uh, Henderson is back for Treadwell. So Big Joe was in was in the last squad, was in the autumn yeah. squad. Hendy was injured, so Hendy's back for Treadwell, and Timoney's gone full stop. Like, all the rest of the back row are the same. Now, it'll be... Ryan Baird has played well for Leinster um as a number six in a number of recent games. I... I, I don't know how Baird thinks about rugby. I don't know how he sees the game. Um, like, he gives... You read the interviews with him, and he's still, still difficult to know. Mm. He seems into it, but... Um, he's... Uh, I don't know, like I can say, he's not Dan Levy. He's not the most instinctive player, I think. But I think there's a way with a guy like Ryan Baird, and there's very few guys like him, where, you know you sort of, like, how do you explain the game? Like, do you explain the game and metrics to him? Like, I want you to carry the ball 12 times. I mm-hmm. want you to make this many tackles. I want you to make this many uh, rook participations. I want you to have this many turnovers. And you sort of go, look, really, across these four things, I want all of these four things. And you, you're just sort of spelling out that, like, it's all just, it's completely goal-focused and any sort of interpretation about the game you're taking out, you're just there going, really, Ryan, the game for you is just achieving across these four metrics. And I want you to win these lineups, five metrics, six metrics, whatever way you break, and you just break it down into uh, the component parts and you're sort of going, I give you no discretion about the game whatsoever because you just lose attention. I just want you to fulfill as close as you can to your KPIs across these six metrics. And you're sort of going, because you're so such a good athlete yeah. you know he will do it with playing almost completely individually <laughs> with no feel for the game whatsoever <laughs> and you go fine this is, this is good <laughs> it's, it's amazing this, like, look, this works really it's well you know? <laughs> it's
2: like hey, carries you know 50 metres 12 tackles
0: you go that was good we did all those things yeah <laughs> I, I can do all these things yeah. like, I, I don't need to think about it and you're going you do not um, <laughs> which is very exciting because with Baird you never knew where he you know, was he best at second row at six? And you're going, well, like I said, I don't think he's a very instinctive rugby player, so I don't think back row is the place for him, but his athleticism, and he's, you know, he's a little bit light for ideally a second row, and if you haven't playing away, squirreled away at second row, like how much damage is he going to do? Yeah. Broke? You know, because he's going he's gonna to use up those fast twitch muscles by just, like, pushing. Yeah. So, you know, there's a downside. Um, so I... I'm really curious how Leinster have approached it with them. That's definitely what I would tell yeah, him.
2: Yeah, I do. think moving him to six uh, while we're on bears, is, is, it allows him to do the things he's best at more of. Moving him to five, I think, uh, as you say, sort of, it doesn't allow him to make as many of those things that he can do. Like what he can do, like at five, he has a task which is different than at six, and it doesn't ask him to do the things that he's best at. Like, at five, you have to be able to scrummage well. You know, it's not... You know, you have to be able, You have to go and, like, hit a load of rocks. and you're going, is that what Ryan Baird is best at? No, like, fucking... Jan Klein is better than him at those things. But, like, Jan Klein isn't going to be able to do a 50-meter breakaway or, you know, jump out of... You know, into the fucking stratosphere to win line-outs, et cetera. And Jan Klein doesn't have as big an engine as him. He's not as fast... Um, so there's I think it's better better role for him and again like it's not as though he's going to walk into the
0: jersey because oh man he is still playing really well and Coombs is the other guy who stands out in that back row who's been in a number of recent panels but you know has had bad breaks at different times but looks as fit as he ever had as as, as a pro and was a guy that when he got involved in the USA Japan sort of COVID era test you're going. He looks deadly. He was great. He looks like a guy who could, put, like, yeah, make a real impact at international rugby uh, against much better opposition. And the, the just, way, just because he, yeah, ju- he just, he just seems to have it. He doesn't. He, he actually seems to have got better with the step up, yeah. rather than you know having to adopt. Right, the adopt US,
2: it. the US are a bad team, but I, I was at that game and I remember clearly. And I remember like how often Coombs got on the ball, how often he passed and offloaded as well as carrying. It was a very different style of play than he'd he been playing at Munster. It was like Coombs and Doris were in the same team and they were still going, jeez, look at these two lads running in the backs, passing really well, offloading well. And you're going, ooh, it's impressive. Um, so the, 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 that back row is like 2007-ish. In that there's like one open side and a fucking fight blind side slash number eight in it. So Timothy's gone. I don't think Timothy, like, I think Timothy is a very, I have a lot of time for Timothy because he took a slightly different path, having been very, a very, very good school's number eight. The, the option, like, which he m- might have, you know, been his, well, his would have been his preferred option was to, to stay at Leinster and he he went up to Ulster. And played shitloads of games. He's really super fit. He bounces back really quickly from injury. He misses very few games. He's extremely fast. Like he went sevens. He was very good sevens player in Ulster. I don't think like like I think he he has as an open side. I don't think he reads the game at a at a a, you know at as good a level as you'd want an open side to read the game. Yeah. Like I remember being at the RDS game where he was playing for an Ireland selection against a, a shadow all-black side. And he was, Jesus, he was at nothing. He was behind everything. He's like, going, you're not, you're not at this rook. You're not at that tackle. You're not in support there. You're going, like, And it's not because he's not fit, because he's a flyer. And he's, he has all the pace to get to where he needs. He's all the engine to get to where he needs. You're going, your reading of this game is really poor. Now, he wasn't the only player that play poorly that day, but it was really noticeable. Now the next day... You know, or the next week he played against Fiji and he got man of the match you know which is sort of I sort of felt like he was lucky to be selected for that and then he did well with that chance but Ulster players are suffering uh, for losing so many games in a row and then playing badly they're, they're losing so many games because they're playing badly
0: so you'd have to think that uh, the other open side there's, there's two open sides left who could push themselves into contention and, like, scored out of 100, I would say 70 to 80. It's Will Connors if, he, if he's back and fit. Farrell likes him. He's an absolute tackle machine. He brings something completely different in that he can stop a team on his own. He, yeah. You know, he'll come off the line and chop guys down five yards behind the game line. And, like, no one else can do it. He's the best tackler he's, in Ireland. He's a brilliant tackler. Yeah, And the other one is Hodnett, who's yeah. got the, the balance of it. And he's fitter. Munster are playing better. He gives you a ball carry and he's a, he's a good footballer. Reads the game really well.
2: He's a natural. The two players are natural. Like, Connors is not yeah. just a tackler. Like Connors, Connors is, played sevens as well. Yeah. And he's a,
0: good, uh, he's a good rugby player.
2: Yeah, really good rugby. Those two players are really, really good rugby players who who like have ended up at seven. Uh, and I think both play seven well. Uh, but they also have a lot of rope. Like, read the game well in comparison to other players in that back
0: row. Um, and then Larmor's back, which is which is really good to see because he looked very short of confidence last year, and he's reacted really diligently to the sort of winger that uh, Farrell likes. He's and he's, he's he's never mentioned as a fullback again, which is great because it it didn't suit him, and he's really just concentrated on playing winger. And you'd wonder, like you'd pretty argue that playing fullback benefited from him in his perception of. The kind of wing that Farrell wants, where he he comes off his his set wing, he's better in the air. Um, he's having a great season. He's having a good season. The other thing about Larmers, like Larmers, Larmers,
2: tough. Like you need to be to play international rugby at any position. Like he's he's like a he's shipped as fair amount of injuries as every fucking player does, basically. Uh, but he's come back from this latest injury. And he's playing tough. He, he does well in context. His tackling is, is good. Yeah. Um, and he he does go looking for the ball an awful lot. Lencer use him quite a bit now in the middle of the field off, um, instead of the 10 off scrums and stuff like that. And he does well. And the other thing about Larma is his distribution choice is much better than it previously was. Like he was always looking to be the ninth man. <laughs> you know, and now... Now he's better at drawing a player and giving a pass, um, which was an area that he needed to improve in, and he has. The player that on the wing has been selected, who I was, re- I was surprised to see, was uh, Jacob Stockdale. Uh, and this comes back, sort of circles back to something which I meant to say to you, because you brought it up this morning, about I think that uh, Farrell is, is using the carrot with Stockdale and he's using the stick with Carberry. So, if you just you just say what you uh, wrote to me this morning about. Oh well, the I timing.
1: Said, Well, the thing I thought about Carberry immediately was, <clears throat> we've sort of had this perception that he's just going to be the second choice because that's what the, what it's, the way it's always been, and this is the most competition he's actually had for being second choice, certainly in any time in the last five years, and he's been dropped at a time where this is a massive kick in the arse from. But with Hugh, like a ten months left to get ready for the World Cup. There's what let's say five Six Nations games and probably four games before the World Cup. Um and the idea that those three out halves will stay uninjured for that entire time is fanciful. Mm-hmm. So Joe Joey will play if he can if he can stay fit, Joey will play again for Ireland before the World Cup. Yeah. And so he that's his opportunity, and as you said, I think a couple of weeks ago, and it it was an, it was kind of an almost an off the hand comment, but it's something I really agreed with was you had said, if Joey comes on and plays like he did in the last ten minutes of the third test against the All blacks, where he ran straight, he held defenders and like organized his back line and kept everyone in the, in the opposition defense honest you'd be like that was like." almost like the best 10 minutes he'd played for Ireland. He's had bigger influences on certain individual games. But like he, he's only ever started one Six Nations game, for example, which was mm. the test in Paris. Now, that was a, Ireland a, gave a very good account of themselves after going... But following. he
2: tackled and goal kicked well in that yeah. game. But as we talked about at the time, the difference in how he played in that game with regards to getting ball to the centres and how we played with them, I think, against Wales with uh, Sexton in charge it was night and day. Like, we had, like, Aki had something like, uh, n- this is more than a year or it's about a year ago, so I, I can't remember, but, like, Aki had something like 25 involvements between passing and carrying against Wales and about fucking nine against France. So you go, like, the backline did not run well. But in fairness to Carberry, he tackled well that day and he goal-kicked. And, like, goal-kicking is one thing which he's generally yep. really good at.
1: And, I mean, even just to give him a bit of credit, like, he has come on at the end of a lot of matches and knocked over a few points. Yeah, super important. Uh, Which, like, even just thinking of that fella playing for the the Dallas Cowboys missing all his (laughs) kicks, like, that's not a given, you know? So uh, he does deserve a bit of credit for that as well. But, like, in terms of the player that everyone saw emerge at Leinster a good while ago now, and just thinking, oh, geez, this guy's a you know takes it to the line. He's got a break. When was the last time Joey Carby broke the line? Just, I just don't remember it. Like it just never happens. More likely, he's
2: yeah wandering
1: across the line, and then going like, this isn't on here. You go. here's the ball. Yeah. So yeah, But, so, but uh, what you said yeah, there so, is like this gives him time
2: to actually prove that he should be in in an Irish international, just as assume that he's going to be. It gives him, like, a huge... like yeah, to me, That's why I was saying it's it, this is the stick that's been used on it. It's like, you're dropped. You know, prove that you're good enough to play for Ireland. And with a huge, like, two big tournaments on the line, and especially the World Cup. So it's I think it's a good motivational uh, tool. Now, I don't think it's just a motivational tool. Just I don't think... Uh, like well, I do think the carrot is like I think he's trying to say he Farrell is, is and kind of included Stockdale as Balakum is injured. They're looking for a big winger, left-footed, and uh, as as Low as out at the moment, and he has been world class in the past, but this is his chance now just as Carberry's getting his kick in the and hole has, and has his chance to bounce back by playing well at Munster. like If Stockdale doesn't go well in these first two matches and if he doesn't train well, he'll just get dropped and he won't be in the, the mix again.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, he had such a unbelievably good start to his international career. Like, genuinely could hardly have gone better. And then it's just been... Up and down, but mainly down. Or like it's a bit, it's all been down since yeah. then. Like in a general graph. But, but like, if it, it was
2: up from then, like you would yeah. be looking at stock down and going like probably best Irish pair ever. <laughs> you yeah. Know?
1: Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's funny to see him back in there. He, he's kind of just he just sort of almost been a bit forgotten, and that he hasn't been in any of the big days for Ireland in a long time in a long time yeah. but
2: the one thing I would say is like if if anybody is thinking like we're being kind to Stockdale or you know unkind to Garvey I'd say go and look at YouTube look at Jacob Stockdale career highlights because at his best he was fucking amazing he was like his tri-reel from like 2017 18 19 oh yeah is absolutely sensational like best winger in the world in 2018 Still, really good for for summer twenty nineteen yeah. as well.
1: He's a player who, uh, unlike Larrimer, is still tempted into playing fullback sometimes. And he's—I don't think—I think he's not suited to it. God no! I think his yeah defense it, is the w- worst part of his game, and, yeah. Well, and brain yeah, brain farts. Yeah,
0: brain farts. Yeah, like the doesn't have the fullback mentality. Yeah, no, the goalkeeper mentality. That yeah, yeah. and probably. The, the requirement for physical fitness that you need at full back blunts, blunts your your out and out pace um which is his uh it's not as it's not his best thing like his, his best thing is his size it's
2: combination
0: of strength you know, like balance and pace strength like balance from. pace and he's a finisher yeah and he's got a left foot like he's he's he can do a huge amount so I mean he he but the biggest thing is he score goals right? <laughs> <laughs> and and you know if he's he knocks he he bags whatever bags five or six tries for Ireland, you'd be going, Wow, yeah. I forgot about that! But yeah, but here it is, here's thou. a here's a threat. <laughs> um, the other positions that stand out are well, sorry, the so how strong the squad is pretty much throughout, with the exception of the props, is a feature, with the exception of the props, exactly. So you go. That the first choice, guys, it's like Keane Healy is pretty much like the last thing to go for a boxer is his punch. You go like Keane will not let you down in the scrum. But the difference between him and Porter now is enormous. Like Porter is just brilliant. Like Porter is arguably Ireland's best player. He's, he's a fantastic rugby player. He can do absolutely everything really, really well for pretty much the entire 80 minutes. Um, you know, we've we've talked at length on and off, Mike, about the the frustration we have with the Bohemians of like the 145 kilo guys. Can you imagine a game? Can you imagine how valuable Andrew Porter would be in a game in a in a in a 19 man squad game? Like th- this guy who can play both sides of the park, who can play 80 minutes, who can do everything. He is a magnificent rugby player. Yeah, and then Tyke Furlong is. A guy, the jukebox, you know, like the, the hits just keep on coming. Um, except when they haven't this season because he fucking hasn't played. Except that you know that he's he's rarely fit, and but his his displays in the Six Nations and in New Zealand last year were superb. Like he, he is a guy that's able to perform at the absolute top level. <laughs> the problem is that that's pretty much the only place he can perform because he's, yeah. he's he's rarely fit he's, for the rest of. It. He's
1: gonna. I think he's transitioning into a kind of. Sean O'Brien esque oh, career, yeah. where he's like he plays for Ireland. Well, really. he, he that's mm. the
2: other thing. Like he's essentially contracted player. Like he's he probably fit enough to play at the moment for a Lancer, but it's like in fairness, the IRF European is contract.
0: Yeah, but he plays he plays tight head prop. So I've absolutely no quibble with the approach that he's taking. Yeah, if he does whatever he does yeah. for the rest of the time.
1: But it, yeah, it's the it. And I and, think Belham has always been a good, I like a Bielham. reliable sub. Uh, it's, but it's just that the depth beyond the first two is it's, I mean, it's the whole worrying point of Irish rugby it's a worrying point for Leinster
0: yeah I, I, and i think like i think i think Bielham, Bielham and healy give you a good enough a good enough scrum yeah. that you won't get beasted yeah. um but they don't do the things around the park no, that the other no, two no. guys do. with like, those
2: other two guys like the expectation that you can have I, I see it more in Leinster, like, oh, oh, much worse without Tiger and 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 pointing on. Yeah, you're the same people who go, These guys are world class in the onions. They fucking are world class. Like Tiger's in there've been two like IRB or World Rugby fifteen uh, teams of the year and Tiger's been tied heading both of them. Like almost by consensus he's the the best tight head in the world. And I say almost because the South African swear by Mal Malherby and like I just fucking absolutely bloody minded about it. But everyone in the world, else in the world thinks that it's, it's tight. So like they are world class and you're going, how come, like the, the, the question boils down to, how come this Ireland's second choice player is not so world class? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's sort of once, once you see a phrase like that, which is how hey, well, I would sort of choose to look at it, it's a silly question.
0: Because Joe McCarthy's
2: little
1: brother's only 19. Oh. That's that's the reason for that now. That monster. We were at a weird point. At, Tyke Furlong got injured, and I think it's the troublesome calves he's always had. He got injured after about five minutes against Italy pre-COVID 2018, was that at home? And Porter had to come on after six minutes or so. And Porter at this stage was quite unproven, and he was playing tight head. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that, that was the Grand Slam like, season, yeah. And that, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. And then, and you're just going like that was the only point when we had this absolutely beast and I was very confident Porter I was, I was very confident yeah
2: I remember being surprised yeah. I thought that Joe would start with John Ryan against Wales and then bring on Porter and he just said selected Porter uh, so that's five years ago so it would have been 28 so Porter with 22 yeah um, yeah and he was he, he was fucking great back then he was much heavier back then actually Quarters like down from when he was when he was playing at tight head, he was listed at like 124 kilos, and now he's listed loose head at 114, 10 kilos.
0: Oh, he looks it, yeah, he he's does really look fit. it, yeah. He survives it, he's just brilliant. Um, but then and then there's there's good competition, uh, in some of the other positions, like you've got Sheen and Kelleher, oh, great, uh, really, really good competition. I was a little bit, little bit surprised.
2: We had this discussion previously, so I won't go back into it, but like Tom Stewart has actually been playing great. But I think this is one of these uh I, this sort of goes a little bit sideways. Sorry, I said I wouldn't get into it now. I am getting into it. That Farrell has picked uh he's picked Herring and Earls and Murray, even though like they wouldn't be the best players in their position in their provinces. And I think that's a lot to do with the vibe and oh, yeah. like, what he's looking for. Is like yeah, I much would rather that if I have guys who are around the squad on the fringes of the squad that they're going to be contributors off the field because they'll be spending, like, you know, there's, like, 23 hours and and 40 minutes in the squad and 20 minutes on the pitch, and what they bring for the 23 hours and 40 minutes of a day, um, per day, I mentioned there. <laughs> but uh, So if they're only on the pitch for 20 minutes, like, most of what they do is going to be around the squad and around the team. You're going, oh, I'd much rather have these big, experienced personalities who everyone knows and have been great than a guy who is like, oh, I'm not really sure I should be here. I'm a, like a, a, a nominal bolter. You know, not that there's not a room for a bolter, but I think when, it, I think it's, like I read a, I I'm starting about nine cents at a time. I read a number of comments going, they're selected because they're on central contracts. And I'm going, no, if you think that New Sephora has told Andy Farrell to select these guys because they're on central contracts, you're fucking wrong. They're selected there because Andy Farrell wants them selected. He has selected them. You know, and I'm, I'm sure he's had, like, is this fella still worth his spot conversations? And he's there going, I want him in my squad. These are the people I want in my squad. So that's why I think that, like, Herring is there ahead of ahead of Stewart, who, in my opinion, has outplayed him this season for Ulster. Um, that, that one is really clear-cut, in my opinion, that comparison because they play for the same side. You know, you can't say, well... Well, you know, Stewart's playing in a much better team or a much worse team. Like, they're playing in the same team. Yeah. yeah, They're looking at Stewart playing great. And, like, Herring hasn't been shocking. Like, he hasn't had a a nightmare season. But, like, Stewart's been probably Ulster's best player.
1: It's a classic thing, though, that, like, the Irish team squad, whatever way it's picked, isn't just like picking the best two players in each position. It's also a team with its own culture that has to be preserved, which is why players like Murray, who's really, like, winding down in terms of his Munster career, you can see his role there is to be, like... Yeah, to contribute off the pitch or play as a closer and just be, like, not shitting it, coming on, going, this is a big game. Not trying to do too much. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like,
2: his last time that he played for it, which was, like, in 35 minutes, 30 minutes against South Africa, played well. (laughs) He made his... His, well, I don't know if it was his only line break off the year, but, like, it was a good line break, the one where he got injured. Yeah. You know, he's 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 sort of saving his best rugby for mm. Ireland.
1: So two uh, more people I want to mention. Uh, Keane Prendergast, in terms of, like, you said we've picked a lot of sixes there. Is he a bit of a surprise selection that he's sort of... Yes. Still in? 100%. I
2: and mean, I, I, I thought he was one of Ireland's better players in the the game that he played against the New, the New Zealand team in the RDS. Yeah. Um, I, I had been a little bit skeptical of him before and I came out of that going, Jesus, that guy he's a huge engine yeah. and, and loads and loads of get up and go, which is what Farrell is a huge fan of. Uh, but he's, uh, to me, he's sort of extraneous proceedings. I don't see him starting or being on, being on the bench. In yeah. any, like, I think he's, a, I think he's a, like, there's all the other guys... There's you know, uh, Keelan Doris, Peter O'Mahony, Josh Vanderfleer, uh, Coombs, Cohn, and then yeah. and then there's like, Keen Prendergast. There's then there's a gap, and then there's Prendergast. I don't think he's seriously contending for any of those guys. I think they're all a good bit ahead of him.
0: Yeah, because the, there's guys that you're when when you see the squad and you see the number of names in it, and you go, okay, well he's, he's got to pick fifteen. He's got to pick those certain positions. He's got a big 23. Like, we're going to have Ian Henderson coming off the bench in the prime of his career. Brilliant. We're going to have one of Kelleher. It's going to be Kelleher coming off the bench mm-hmm. for Sheen, And you're going, Jesus, brilliant. We're going to have, you know, one of Conan. Oman, well, Omani would pretty start yeah. with Van der Flair and Doris. You're going to have one of Conan or Coombs, Coombs. Most likely, yeah. Or Baird, maybe. But yeah. like, Baird, number three of those two. Yeah. So, and probably Coombs. Um I think yeah. Just just to just to sort of give him a sniff. I suppose it depends how they train. But again, like you're if if Conan is picked ahead of Coombs, it'll be because Conan is playing well, and mm. you're going, well, like he was the Lions test number eight. You're going, like, Jesus, that's brilliant. Um and then at Scrum half, yeah, probably Murray still. I think it'll still be Murray, yeah. And at Out Half it's it's kind of exciting because you're you're going like, is it Ross Byrne or is it is it Crowdy? Because again, if Ross Byrne is picked, it's because he's playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the backs, I... Well, that leads me to my last,
1: the person I wanted to bring Back three, up. Osborne, I guess. Osborne, just to talk about Osborne, it's like, what a... Okay, I described him, his introduction and his ascension to this level as kind of following the Hugo Keenan path in that he, he goes from being like one of the many young ones you see at Leinster... To then getting picked in a big game for Leinster, and this, I think Jimmy O'Brien sort of followed this path, and then all of a sudden you're going like, well, you should be in the Ireland mix, and you think, oh, there's lots of talented players in that position, but then like they get picked for Ireland, and I mean Keenan just took the jersey, and never looked back. Jimmy O'Brien got flung in at outside centre, and as you know, he hasn't been, he's made every squad, but well, he made the next squad as well. And uh, Osborne just, he just looks so talented. He's a 5 2 player, I would say. He is a 5-2 player, but like, he's
2: much further ahead than either of those pair were at the same Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't
0: say Hugo Keenan. Hugo Keenan's like an, an identikit Leinster guy. Who, w- one of the seven who played that year, who you just start going, I might never hear his name again. And then, you know, so he he was... Uh, Ringrose would be the guy that I'd put him in. He, he was a guy who got capped for Leinster when he's 18 or 19. Yeah, 19. Um, and then was a very good underage player. But he was just playing for he was and just playing for Leinster since he was a teenager. He just not really just happen that kept often. Kept on playing for Leinster, so uh, kind of like Robbie Henshaw playing for Connacht, in that just from a young age he was pretty much always playing, and he's big. Mm. And the coaches who've coached him, who are not just like
2: oh he was a coach of a club level like Lancaster and Leo Cullen have both on, and some of the Leinster academy coaches have gone. Like, Oh, not everyone can be like a Jamie Osborne or something, you know? They have referenced him as being like, this guy is. And it isn't just the size. Like, he is really, like, he's got a really complete skill set of... as you say, he's a 5'2 player. He can kick the ball a fucking mile. He's got good judgment. He releases the ball at the right time in terms of passing. He holds the ball in two hands. He straightens. Like, when he passes, his last step is to straighten before passing, like this, age-old, like rugby adage of straightening up just before you pass, just to make sure that if there's somebody in front of you, he has to fucking actually not drift off you. It doesn't mean he's gonna step in and tackle you, but he can't drift off you. He holds his depth well. He doesn't overrun the ball. He works hard off the ball. He is like the first thing he did for Leinster when he was like a teenager was absolutely melt some lad for the scarlets five metres backwards. It was a huge hit. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just a really talented player with great size and a huge boot. Like, he's and he's, he's the sort
0: of guy that you want to see more of play for Ireland in that he's not from St. Michael's. And what I mean by that is he isn't a guy who's just been coached much better than everybody else and looks much better, but isn't a particularly good athlete. He is, as you said, he's a five a player He's the best of whatever sport he plays. He's bigger than most of the guys on the pitch. And you're there going, Jesus, that's why I want playing for my, na- my national team. Somebody who's just much better than everybody rather than yeah. somebody who's had better <laughs> coaching at a younger age.
2: Yeah. So yeah, he's, uh, he deserves, his, he deserves his, uh, his shot. And also th- the secondary thing we mentioned before is like he's played a lot of positions already. Like there's been no, both Lancaster and Cullum have moved them literally up and down the Leinster back line. I said you can be a 12, 13, 15, 11, started games in all those positions. Um, and you know, we, his the timing of his his uh breakout game could not have been more um uh, propitious, I, I, I suppose. Like having a huge game in the Heineken Cup away from home, scoring a try, being man of the match the week before the squad is announced. That's sort of that really swung things in his favour over, for example, Frisch, uh, who's, who's you know, has had a really good start to his, uh, his first term at Munster. He's been a good player. But the difference, I would say, a secondary difference between Frisch and Osborne is like, is five years younger than Frisch. Like, oh. you're, you're only touching, you're only touching, like, this is the start of Osborne's career. He could, you know, he could be a Henshaw-like, have a Henshaw-like career in front of you know be the best be the best centre in the Six Nations be the best player in Ireland on a given year you know really talented guy
0: Thunder's in there that'll knock the wind out of him referee blows for half time
1: the world's best negotiator Eddie Jones got himself a five year deal at Australia after they axed poor old Dave Rennie uh, and Eddie Jones is going to stand still basically inherit all of uh, Rennie's unfit players as fit players, and lead his home nation into the World Cup. Eddie Jones thinks everyone's unfit, though.
0: <laughs> Whatever about Ross Burns' bounce back ability, Eddie Jones is an absolute rubber ball. Ah, uh, oh, he is a total rubber ball. He's like he's a rubber ball with a battery in him. He is just incredible. Like you know. E- for anybody else like look look at Stuart Lancaster Stuart Lancaster got fired for England he had to take a year off and like go and find Traveled himself Travel the world that came from Kung Travel the world yeah yeah and like just completely rehabilitate himself and get over it Eddie Jones is like oh mate bloody pums five <laughs> weeks ago paid by them now I'm gonna get paid by you two world caps a lion's tour it's not cans on the pitch mate it's chaotic <laughs> we had this <laughs> session <laughs> we are doing a drill, There's loads of cones and it, it was quite good it was, it was in our sevens. But, and you're looking around going, oh mate, it's not Cairns on the pitch. You're just there going, Eddie Jones is, like Eddie Jones was probably coaching our team when he got the call about, Eddie, mate, do you want to coach Australia? You're going, after this session, after this session, mate, I'm coaching. It's no Cairns out here, bro. Just playing rugby. <laughs> we're redefining the game. He is an absolute rubber ball legend.
2: I, I, have feel, a question.
0: I feel I feel very sorry for Dave Rennie, who I so also do think I. is a super rugby coach. Yeah.
2: I, I said, can Eddie Jones's profession I wrote this on Tuesday the 6th of December when he got sacked by England. Can Eddie Jones' professional life be simplified as far as good coach, bad manager? Pretty much.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next point is the RFU panicked due to fan dissatisfaction, recent failures in administration, and criticisms of their inaction. And media pressure, which I think I was, I was happy with this, the phrase shouldn't be lost the dressing room, it should be lost the press box. Frame that one. Yeah, that's quite
1: good, isn't it? Would you agree with that, non? Um We were also saying about Eddie Jones, you can't just tell everyone, oh, it's all about the World Cup and it'll be fine the World Cup and then get shit results for three years and expect everyone to believe you. Yeah. Which is what he was doing. England were playing terribly and getting terrible results. Like, he didn't... He, maybe the, f- the final, the trigger was pulled because of those reasons with the RFU. He got sacked because the team was playing shit and getting shit results and it's his job to win today and win tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like his Six Nations
2: results for the previous two seasons were poor. Like England should always be of first or second in, in, the, in the Six Nations.
0: And, you, and we were making the point that he pretty much has his team. Like, the team that played in Autumn is Eddie's first-choice team. They had everyone, and this is the team that he wants to pick. These are all his guys bar Underhill, and you're going, they're shite. Yeah, they were... Except, like, 20 minutes against New Zealand.
2: Yeah, which which reminded me of when... when we started fucking the ball around against France when the game was already lost under Eddie O'Sullivan in Paris that time. Oh, yeah. And you're Like 20 years ago now, I think, or maybe, maybe not 20, but like not far <laughs> off it. But like the game was lost and then all of a sudden we roared back into it and you could see like Palouse literally smoking on the pitch and you're going, yeah, we can fuck it around, but the game's gone. The game's gone.
1: Um, The thing... So I mean I always put to it, it make a sort of a, a comparison with Mourinho and Eddie like Yeah, which I see, yeah. I think Eddie is more relative to his sport he is much more of an innovator than Mourinho is. Uh, so I don't think I think I don't think they're they're exactly uh, good analogs of one another. But I certainly think there's an element of like the first flushes of a relationship with Eddie Jones are definitely going to be the most profitable. I fucking cannot imagine in any way, shape, or form he will be the Australian coach at the following World Cup. <laughs>
0: not <laughs> a chance. No way.
2: Not a chance. No. But he, that's I mean, his own problem. he It's not just like that the results go bad. He fucking burns his bridges
1: with everyone. But he has got a year of excitement. I mean, the excitement is going to be massive with this Australian team because... The amount of talented players, talented, powerful players that they have at their disposal, like aside from like Hooper, who's like just an all round
2: legend of the game,
1: legend of the game. But then you're like, Man, Valentini, uh, the uh, Curran, Curandrani, and Cora Betty. No,
0: they have a problem with
1: Tanasse, the other winger, um, that guy, Len, Len. Picky what is it? Oh you Len, which is a great name. Um It is Picky yeah. Yeah. And then the I mean the problem as I see it for Australia is their front row and their nine and ten. No, like, their front row's not
0: bad at all. Yeah, like the Slipper and the Tongue and Thor and the Big Hooker. They're yeah. all they're all good. It's good front
2: uh, row. And 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 Alatow's uh, brothers good. Um like the, you have to remember against Ireland, like that was just an injury factor. That was like them okay, playing, the sp- that was like yeah. us playing the Springboks. They had like fucking six injuries in one game. It was horrific. Um But I was, I thought that Australia, I came out of that thinking like, geez, you know, we, we did really well to win that game and Australia are tough. Plus, like all their backs, it looked like, it, lo- it looked like sort of French team in the early 1990s because they're all, they're all so fucking tall and fast. <laughs> you know? They have, they have a good chance with the squad that like a, Rennie has largely put together. Uh, he's unfortunate to lose his job, in my opinion.
0: I think there was, uh, I think there's a benefactor in the background. I think that somebody, the Aussie equivalent of Dennis O'Brien. There's so much money in Australia from mining, essentially, and their currency is ripped. Their real estate is ripped. Uh, But like, it's all, it's all commodities. Mm -hmm. Like those guys, you you got, you know, you read stories about people flying over Australia and looking down at like seams of of ore and then just buying like massive tracts of land. And you hear stories of guys doing courses in Cork in geology and geography in order to go down and work for the mines. And you're sort of going, geez, that's a career plan. Like this commodity boom has gone on for so long on the back of Chinese demand and on the back of like the the investment that's been made, this is actually legitimately worked out. This isn't like you know a guy's a carpenter it's, it's, in yeah. a downturn that's gone. Oh well, I'll go to Australia work in the mines. Like this, this is a guy in his leaving cert going. I'm gonna do this course. I'm gonna go to court for three years and learn it, and then I'm gonna go to Australia and like work in the boonies for like seven or eight years, and then I'm pretty much done. Like yeah. I'm I'm set. I'm, you know gonna, you know people who've. Well, worked in the mines well, I know guys who worked in the mines but the, you know the, that was a kind of a family thing mm-hmm. the way it, it did for them Like, but this is you know like a younger generation than me and this, this this is a career path right so there's massive money and I think somebody from that background has got a one or an, us, a one or an Aussie in Australia mate has got as anyone, one Aussie who going to do their job and <laughs> it's Eddie and he's got his back hands on the pitch mate.
2: who do you think that person is Ian uh, my, what's, your, what's your
0: Aussie
1: insider say My reliable source The Big Bear Has told me that it's Andrew Forrest Who's a billionaire Mining magnate And that uh, The war chest He'll provide Will chase after uh, Some NRL legends Including gun player Angus Crichton <laughs> <laughs> And and sorry And Joseph Sua Eli, okay, Jesus oh. Christ, and Australia's Rose. <laughs>
2: Australia's Rose, I couldn't get over that
1: name. Australia's Rose, Cameron Murray, similar to the Rogers Takiri Sailor look back in the early uh, nineties. I mean, I don't know enough about NRL to 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 comment really. Yeah. But I just thought we, we we have to leak our insider info, yeah. from down under.
0: And like, we have to use the phrases Australia's Rose and yeah. Gun Player. Yeah. Gun player. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awesome. So thank you to the Big Bear for
1: um, sending over those comments in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I was like, woke up to you. I was like, oh, jeez. I was on a train in Italy and I read reading those things. Yeah. Oh, so good info. Eddie has, like, I
2: think, as I said before, I think a lot of a lot of sifting through has been done uh, by Renny and changing the not just changing the makeup of the squad but changing the sort of mindset of the squad as well. Massive. So I think I think that's a lot of that has been done. And Eddie Jones will come in again and like he's a good tournament coach, no doubt about it. it yeah,
0: there's, there 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 is a kind of a striking parallel with um Eddie succeeding essentially to Probably lesser celebrated, but eminently decent and massively rugby men, and Stuart Lancaster and Dave Rennie. Like Dave Rennie is a guy who's fashioned a career, fashioned a number of careers, but fashioned a career in rugby by um, making silk purses out of sow's ears. Really, yeah. like he's 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 taken unfashionable guys and he's molded really good teams, like winning back-to-back Super Rugby's with the Chiefs yeah. was magnificent. And um, when you look at the sort of the the players that he did it with, you go, he he's, he's, he's like a movie script, really, Dave Rennie, the sort of player, the teams that he puts together. Yeah, Rennie, like
2: those 2012, 2013 Super Rugby teams, he was getting guys from who were playing rugby, uh, not just in like Heartland ITM, but getting guys who were, they were playing club rugby. like amateur rugby and he was there going oh this fella's appeared for an ITM side in you know Manawatu Turbos he's made you know six appearances like four of them off the bench and Rennie's putting them into super rugby squad and getting performances out of them and and then like his his teams played really good rugby and it wasn't like there were more talented Waikato teams in the past the Waikato team that got heavily beaten by the Blue or the Bulls or whatever they were in 2007
0: yeah 7 yeah
2: Um, they had a load of talent like that was a really talented Waikato team his teams that won it back to back in 2012 and thirteen. yeah they had like one year they had Sonny Bill Williamson they had uh, I can't remember uh, Brody Retallick's nickname something sort of funny like it's
0: Diesel. is it? <laughs> no it's no it's, it's... <laughs>
1: I'll look it up
2: yeah uh, but they had him so like it's not like they were bereft of talent like they had Liam Messam but um. Um, but like they had also guys who were, who just just made into, you know, important players in a in a well put together team. Was it Gazla. Gazler? Gazler.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wish I knew that when I said it. So um, like he applied. This is uh, like he applied to coach Terry are in like nineteen
0: ninety two, ninety three. Ah, um, oh, what a fucking mess! Yeah, um,
2: I you know he he. Like he was not like a teacher or anything like that. He used to he used to run a bar, you know. That was his. Like he just fucking loves rugby. When you see him in person, actually, by the way, he's a huge dude with a massive head. He looks like he's
1: a massive head. In yeah. Form, that must be said. Yeah, he's uh, like.
2: I'd say he was a good player, you know, without being like an international. But he, he I, I think he's a, I think he's a super coach and a really good guy. And.
0: The reporting of his departure was that the Aussie players would really miss him yeah. and all supported him.
2: It reminds me of when Vern Cotter... Now, Vern Cotter didn't get sacked. There was a timeline on it. But do you remember when he took over as a Scottish coach? Yeah. And then it, it was always going to be like, he was going to do it for three years and then, and then uh, Townsend would take on the job. But it's like it's one of those rare uh, like changeovers of jobs. And I know that Rennie's essentially been sacked. But, like, it's, it, there's no acrimony. No one was like, fuck. Well, um, you can't say nobody, but, like, it wasn't wides. People weren't widespread calling for his head or hate. Like, it wasn't Pivak getting the axe, you know, or Eddie Jones getting the axe. It was like, oh, he's, like, done a good job. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. He's a nice guy and everything like that. It doesn't happen that often.
0: No. Um, where next for Rennie?
2: No, Kobe. Kobe. Uh, Steelers Steelers yeah well apparently that's the rumour okay which would be a lovely landing spot from like he's a very he's a cool guy he gets on with everyone they're going to give like 600 grand a year yeah (laughs) Uh, Japan's amazing Uh, Kobe are a great team you know really long history in the game so they have a good squad Uh, but yeah God you'd love to get him up in sir. love to hang around and do some I don't know. He teaches ballroom dancing and everything like that. He was a he was a ballroom dancing champion of New Zealand or something, or certainly of of uh, a part of New Zealand in his youth.
1: Wow, Eddie's back though. Yeah, and Gasser, so Gasser, the, Gatlins back as well. Just to, on Eddie. Yeah, sorry. What counts as success for him? Is it just beating England in a quarter final of the World Cup, or you know, if he gets to a semi final, gets his team gets done over by? Any of the teams on our side of the draw, let's say, you um, know, or however that works. I come out. What do you think? I, I think, think it's a semi-final. Beating England and getting to the semi-final yeah. is what is what the public wants, certainly. Yeah, it's what Eddie wants. Um, the yeah, beating England. Yeah, and then oh. having a crack at the Lions. I think. I guess. Yeah. them
0: to. Well, be, I mean, we were. Not to downplay the Wobs, like we were talking about Australia going, they're the best value for the World Cup yeah. a year out, and they beat Dark Horses, so... Um, doubts about their ability to win so just that many successive matches, because they're kind of out of practice of doing that. Yeah, like, that's you know, good they're, they're very up and down, whereas you go, ooh, look at South Africa, look at France, look at Ireland, like they're used to winning, and New Zealand... Um, you just keep on beating Australia, winning Bledisloe after Bledisloe after Bledisloe. So, you know, there's four teams there that they have to get past that have miles better winning records. But, a lot of talent. Do you know who I forgot to mention? Fucking Will Skelton.
2: <laughs> like, Eddie oh, Jones yeah. can pick Will Skelton now. He's going to make him enough. Never mind. <laughs> get, get him to do a lot of sprints. <laughs> but he can pick him. And, like, uh, Will Skelton is, like probably the only player who changed the pack from being a, a pack, pack of fours to like a big pack on his own. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Jones, imagine Eddie Jones and Will Skelton together. Stuff and nightmares. He'd be like, he... <laughs> he'd be like, <laughs> oh fuck, I can't remember. He'd be like sitting around in the shoulders like in that chap in uh, Mad Max Street beyond the Thunderdome.
0: Diggs <laughs> <laughs> like a demented mole there. He just
1: busts through the defence. You were complimenting big Andy Farrell uh, for his uh, choice work in selection and in particular for having the courage to drop Joey Carberry earlier on today. But uh, you also have a bit of time for Roundtree for his um, ballsiness in selection.
0: Yeah, heading into European weekend and a home match and, you know, another must-win game for Munster... And I mean that genuinely because they've gained a tremendous amount of uh, momentum sort of over the course of the festive period, like a before and after. And a number of guys had served him well and, I don't know, less glamorous fixtures are on rotation. And then you're going, oh, well, back to the tried and trusted, you know, back to the nearly 100 cap guys, definitely get Murray in, definitely get Earls in. And Roundtree. And, and we talked about Ulster and that the danger for Irish teams was coziness. Um, and he dropped them. And he picked, like, Paddy Patterson. Like, Paddy Patterson from Murray. And you're going, who? Like, you, know, you never would have thought it. Never. And it's brilliant. And I thought, this is brilliant for a squad because this galvanizes everybody is hearing that announcement and going, shit, if I train well enough, I can get picked. So I was going, like... I hope he wins because I don't want to see him get shellacked for doing this but even if he doesn't win this is brilliant for his standing this is brilliant for Munster because every guy in the squad is going Jesus like I'm in with a shot here if I train well and play well I'll get picked it, it doesn't matter the rep and the name of the guy ahead of me I'll get picked um, so I thought it was brilliant I and I have an awful lot of time for round three. he's He's, um, it just you heard how well liked he was and how respected he was, um, when Van Graham was going, and you go. Oh, yeah, but that's bollocks. Like, well, I mean, it's easy being an assistant coach. You hear that about You never have to drop guys, anyone you know, as like, an assistant I mean, coach. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to drop anybody. You can just be like, you know... I would have picked you. ...sound <laughs> or funny or whatever. And you, you don't have to be any good. You just have to be kind of likable. And, you know, you, you don't know which way this goes. And Like, is, is, this, is this guy's core skill? But you go, nah, he's, he's... And he did an interview with Paul Kimmage and he just called Kimmage on it. And he didn't really give Kimmage anything. And Kimmage almost had to write, like... An explanation of... How I didn't get anything from Grand Rountree. How I didn't get anything <laughs> from... And, and Roundtree was just, like, I'm not giving you anything. And you're going, fair fucks to you. That you just... you just, There's a bullshit detector for want of a better description. And you're sort of going, nah, Kimmage just no interest in me. He's no interest in Munster. He's, he's got an angle. This, this is about him and I'm not going to give it to him. And you're just going, Jesus... Kimmage has actually done a brilliant job for Graham Rountree Yeah, in, in reporting that. I like Rowntree more <laughs> yeah. now on the back of that article. I'm exactly the same.
2: That was that, I read that article and I just thought like fair play, Rowntree. You know, you're blunt enough and you, you didn't, you weren't just like, oh, politely, oh, and then afterwards going, oh, fuck hell, I hated doing that. You just told him, no, I'm not fucking doing that. You know, I'm not doing that. That's not the interview. This is what you said it was going to be. Now you're trying to get me to talk about something else so you can have a story uh, and just use me as a fucking uh, cipher in it and get a quote out of me. Not happening. Uh, And that's just straight, straight up man to man. Now, Kimmage isn't like a rugby opinion former, but he's a, you know, he's a... Like, he's, he's a journalist, a sports journalist who's like, yeah, he's a heavy hitter. Like, I don't like him. I uh, don't like, uh, but, like, you know, he's, a, he's just, like, he has a reputation in sports journalism. And it's, most people just sort of get the answer. They Like, he rubs them up in a much more abrasive way than, uh, than they're used to in sports journalists. And, like, they sort of give him sort of fucking answers, which they don't really want to give him. And it's not that they go, like, oh, I've wrinkled it out of him. It's just like, Jesus, they just say shit. They go, like, oh, why did I fucking say that? Like, Brown <laughs> t just wasn't having that. He's just determined to have it on his terms, which is a good way to be.
0: And, and Munster, have, Munster have got better. So I, yeah, I really like him. Um, but it seems that lots of people really yeah. like him. Um, and... Kind of like Leo Cullen, I think that Mike Prendergast has probably got a lot of the credit. I think Dennis Leamy's got a certain amount of credit and a certain amount of publicity, um, and Roundtree has put disproportionately not, not quite so much. Because um, like the worst bit about monsters, they're lionish, which I think he's involved. In. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Andy Kirwack is involved in that, but um, but now he's 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 done a very good job. Yeah, and, agreed. Uh, deserves a lot of credit.